Look at my butt. Show number 249 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Here we are, and we're finally back to talk about Discovery on our podcast. That's yes. about, about Star Trek. That's what this podcast is about. It's about Star Trek. And William Shatner. And William Shatner mostly, and then sometimes yes. other kinds of science fiction and things that we happen to be interested in. And pizza. Yes. Definitely pizza. And we, we have um, a jam-packed show. We do. For you today. We have a lot of fun topics. So let's jump right in with the finale of season one of discovery yeah how about that discovery finale huh how <laughs> about that unexpected well yeah <laughs> and i gotta say the last episode on the whole before it even got to the oh my god um was probably the episode i liked the least of the whole season it was weird it was a really weird it, episode. i was disappointed I, it felt like they ran out of plot or something. Uh huh. It's like they wrapped up a whole bunch of stuff right at the beginning with what happened in the mirror universe, and then they had to say goodbye to Captain Giorgio, mirror Captain Giorgio, and then they mm -hmm. had to go and you know get their medals at Starfleet Academy or wherever they were. And she gave that very that very so long. Weird. And I'm very sorry, but that was a very boring speech, and it oh, just went yeah. on and on. And the whole time she was talking, I kept thinking, Hey man, Kirk would have wrapped this up long time ago you know uh, yeah and then they were yeah. kind of meandering around for a while until the the big surprise thing at the end and it, it just it felt like there was a big hole around act three before they finally got to yes. the cliffhanger and i don't know what happened there it was disappointing the first as you say the first one that i remember from the whole season where it felt like the directing was just off the pacing was weird Yes, yes, it was. And um, I think I, I told you this in an email, but I really felt that them getting out of the uh, mirror universe, they had really missed a couple of good opportunities there. And one mm -hmm. of them was that Mir Zarek, who had a beard, um, <laughs> remember, he read her mind. So he knew yeah. she wasn't the real mirror, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that should have come into play. Mm, yes. And maybe had a, had a part in helping them get out. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, I don't know why, but because the the tardigrade is the magic MacGuffin in this show, I just really thought that that big tardigrade was going to somehow say, oh, I'll help you this one time, you know, let you hook I up to totally me. I totally agree. Yep, you know, I was so, waiting. I was waiting. It was it was Chekhov's tardigrade that never came back to be fired in the final episode. Exactly. Well, who knows? Maybe it'll come back some other time. Um, maybe, maybe so. But I agree. There, there could have been. There should have been probably more reference to whatever happened with Mirasarik. And um, this was the part that we lost um, in okay. our last recording. That, uh, well, just talking about Mirasarik. That. Me personally, I laughed so hard through that entire scene because of the beard. And I know that they had to do it just because they probably would never have heard the end of it if right. they hadn't done it. But, oh, my God, it was so <laughs> funny, so very funny. And given that we've seen some of the other Vulcans who didn't have beards, I guess it's just like a Sarek family thing. And Sarek has a beard and Spock has a beard and Cybok well, has a beard. Well, you know, that's like, what we were why, talking why about in the part that got lost was the meaning of the beard. Yeah. So, um. What's up with that yeah, beard? Yeah. Um. And I, I hate this Sarek. I'm sorry. Every time he shows on, I know I said this to you, but he looks like the actor who plays Phil Dunphy. And I can't, I cannot get over it. And I want somebody to tell me that they see it too. But also he's so non-Sarek and his ears are wrong. They stick out to the side. <laughs> Um, I agree, and I, I I haven't really changed my feeling about this since the very first time we saw him. He just doesn't feel like Sarek. He's too, he's too emotional, and and too he's not Vulcan enough in right. a lot of ways. Right, and he's for like me, a regular you know? guy, and that's something Sarek like never never seemed like. You know. Mm -hmm. I agree, and I was also kind of shocked at the end of this 
that after we find out, so to recap, and huge spoilers yes, if you haven't yes. watched it. Like, oh, wait, watch and, it and let me tell you, up. though, if you haven't yeah. watched it and you want to see the whole thing for free, right now you can sign up for a week of CBS All Access for free and stream the whole thing. Oh, there you go. Well, you should do it. And um, binge watching it is not mm-hmm. a bad idea. You can probably get through, I would say, maybe three episodes at a time because it is quite intense and you'll probably be exhausted. Right, but after you do that get, with all the we at least really stuff. got sucked into it. I mean, really, not in a bad way. Oh, yeah. But anyway, okay, go ahead. No, no. Spoilers. Um, so. <laughs> Spoilers ahead. So the whole, so they get back from the mirror universe. They decide that they need to put an end to the war because the Federation is losing. Georgiou says, here's how to do it. You have to basically kill the, the Klingon mm-hmm. homeworld and I'll tell you how. So they're going to go there and they're going to uh, commit genocide. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to blow up a volcano or something. Yeah. And Sarek is okay yeah. with that. Well, you know, and, in the very first episode, I never bought that idea of what they called the Vulcan handshake, that Vulcans shoot first. Mm. But anyway, mm. go ahead. Well, it it just, mm-hmm. I was astonished by that. That first, that he would agree to it. And second, that when um, Burnham decides not to do it because she has some mm-hmm. morals, um, that he he's... He doesn't really say sorry. I mean, he's just like, well, good, good deal not blowing up the Klingon mm-hmm. homeworld. Maybe I shouldn't have done that, but nah, it's okay. Let's forget about it and yeah. just move on. And it's like, really? You almost condemned a whole race to death because you thought that was the only way to end it. And now we're just going to pretend like yeah. it never happened. Let's just sweep it under the rug. So I hope that there are repercussions for this. I kind of think there aren't going to be because like you said sweep it under the rug i think starfleet would do just about anything to prevent anyone outside of this small group that already knows about it from finding out that that was their plan mm-hmm. and they were going to do it yeah i think you're probably right but i still can't believe that sarek wouldn't have pangs of conscience over mm-hmm. this it just goes against everything that we know about yep. Vulcans, you know, like being nonviolent and, and prizing logic over all else mm-hmm. and value. I mean, every single time we saw Spock's reaction in TOS to some new alien species, he was always like, no, we can't fight with it. We need yeah. to know about it. Even, you know, when Kirk was like, nah, we have to go beat it up. And he's like, no, 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 we have to, we have to see what it is. And we're supposed to be out here. He's like exploring and finding new life and, that was always an integral part of his yes. character and other Vulcans that we'd mm-hmm. seen as well. And that was just shocking that, that Sarek was totally on mm-hmm. board with it. So I don't know about that. That was, that yes, was disturbing. It absolutely was. I was disturbed. Um, so let's see. Um, everything gets wrapped up pretty nicely and uh, Tyler goes off with the Klingons to help them start uh, and mm-hmm. do something or other really wasn't clear how that yeah. was all going to happen. Uh, you know, like just because the, uh, the one Klingon Laurel had a, the device that could blow up the home world. Suddenly everybody's going to listen to her and they're going to start mm-hmm. cooperating. Like, okay. That seemed so. kind of like a pro terrorism uh, thing. It did. <laughs> yeah. It very much did. Like, you know, I know that they're supposed to be warlike and all that, but they uh, do yeah. have honor and that just seemed pretty underhanded. So, okay. Um, and then we get back to uh, normal. I don't know. What is normal? And uh, who shows up at the very end of the episode? Well, gosh darn it. It's that Enterprise. Gosh darn it. Yeah. <laughs> they have a distress signal. And I'm going, yeah. uh, I'm sorry. The Enterprise never sends out a distress signal. Not under Kirk. They might have a double red alert, but that situation is contained. Oh, this is true. This is very true. Just don't ask for help. Um, so that's it. We we don't see any of them. Obviously, it's Pike, and I, I I was so stupid. I mean, I'm sitting there watching the episode, and and it's the Enterprise, and and um, Sarek and Burnham exchanged a very significant look across mm-hmm. the bridge. And I'm like, why? Why is Sarek so upset that the Enterprise is here? And it took me, no kidding, like <laughs> 10 minutes to actually realize why this was such a big deal. I just forgot. 
<laughs> I forgot. Oh, duh. So, um, I know. I just and it did significant so, uh, look with Sarah trying to to get into Burnham's head, and since they can communicate telepathically yes. as much as they want, that he did. Don't tell Spock about me <laughs> wanting to kill off all the Klingons. <laughs> And just don't tell him I'm here. I'm not here. I left. I went back to Vulcan. I'm not here, honestly. I think that's what he was trying to communicate there. Um, Now, I read an interview with one of the producers um, who was bombarded with questions immediately Mm -hmm. afterwards. And he said, the Enterprise will be there in season two, but season two is not focused on the Enterprise. It's not going to be there for the whole season and it's not the the thing that's happening in season two. So well, I it's hope, kind of a cameo appearance. I hope when the, the end of the Enterprise arc happens, <laughs> that mm-hmm. all of the um, Discovery people are there waving and somebody goes, have fun on Talos. <laughs> <laughs> because I got to tell you, I never in a million years thought this would happen to me. But when the Enterprise showed up, I went, oh, really? You can't go there already. We're all invested in you and your problems, which you cleaned up too quickly and too easily. But. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, uh, I don't know. I am really, really hoping that what the producer said was true and that the Enterprise is not going to be any kind of focus okay that would be disappointing um so we didn't see anybody on the enterprise and i'm not sure that we will be seeing anybody on the enterprise Mm -hmm. it seems unclear you know but i hear sean kenny is available in case they need somebody to play captain pike oh great crazy pike crazy pike though that's the role he was there he was born born to play play. (laughs) so there's that um Let's see. One thing I did want to mention, and I think we we talked about it in the law segment, was I I was laughing again at regular Sarek, not Mirror Sarek, uh-huh. because when he came back onto Discovery and he was wearing his black outfit, and it it instantly reminded me of um, Action Elrond from The <laughs> Hobbit when they finally go to fight the Necromancer. It's like, oh, he's ready to do battle now. He's wearing his black his leather clothes. Black and he's outfit. Very yes. Well, I want you to share with our listeners what some guy glommed onto that neither of us caught. Oh, Oh, about with Ash Um, Tyler, you know, when uh, when Ash or whoever was explaining, you know, how they broke all his Klingon pieces into small little bits so he could be a human. mm -hmm. Some guy pointed out that that's what they did to Arn Darvin. That's right. Yes, that's I had I, when he said that to me. I was like, oh, that's how they did it. Like that because they've never really talked no, about they that. never so, yes. have. Um, and speaking of which, <laughs> yes. um, I thought it's about the Klingons. Um, so as we were watching that last scene where they're they're Tyler and Laurel are leaving, and and I got to thinking, you know, don't you think the Klingons in TOS kind of look like Tyler? Yes, and that was something that was occurring to me, is if his appearance, but him going back to be with the Klingons or whatever, might Mm -hmm. have something to do with the smooth foreheads, and that the ones in TOS were more human size. You know, these these people are gigantic. Yeah, and they they have darker skin for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. I think, like, all of the ones that we saw in TOS looked darker. Well, these Um, all have darker skin except for Laurel, who's like an albino Klingon. I was thinking, but more in terms of, like, human dark skin rather than alien dark Uh skin, you know? And and he's beardy and, and, you know, he doesn't have the eyebrows, but (laughs) I don't know. There's something in that where I was looking at him like, hmm, if you put – if you dressed him up like um, (laughs) – you know, like Kiss in the 70s with the sash and all that. He would look like a Klingon, like a TOS Klingon. Yes. Yes, he would. I think he would. Yes. So, so there's that. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. I will say one thing that was a little troubling was uh, when they were talking about the Klingon procedure, they actually used the word reassignment. And, oh. you know, it's like, okay, I guess. I mean, that... 
that word is is used now in our own 21st mm-hmm. century culture is like when you have gender reassignment surgery. Right. So you're trans and, and that. And the whole point of reassignment is that you're doing it voluntarily. Like you were wrongly assigned at birth and now you mm-hmm. are fixing it to be the person that you always were meant to be. And the way they were using it there, it was very much like against your will kind of thing. Oh, and yeah. Like, oh. yeah. I don't think reassignment was really a good word to use. Mm-hmm. And maybe they can play it off by saying like, oh, well, they were translating it from Klingon and that's well, the word in Klingon. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Hmm. But uh, I don't know. I That kind of just made me, it rubbed me the wrong way to use that word because it's such a hot button word. Right uh, yes. I was going to say it's very charged, you know, yeah. with uh, all kinds of stuff. Hmm. Um, so I, I want to know, uh, well, in, in the last scene, you know, they have to do the obligatory, let's go get our medals. So, yeah, hooray. Um, <laughs> so, Tilly got accepted to officer's school. Uh-huh. So, is she coming back? Because officer school means you got to go to Starfleet Academy. Well, I so don't know. So, I would think she'd be gone. Maybe she's doing it during the hiatus. I guess. I guess. Well, I don't know. So, so that concerned me. Um. I'm thinking we probably will see um, Tyler again, mm-hmm. and we will see um, uh, Mir Georgiou, who is now running around on her own. Just running around in the universe. They thought it was a really good idea to let her go without any kind of tracking device on her. Right, anything. right. Good, you know. good work, Federation. <laughs> but, you know, kind of like, hey, let's leave Khan and all these people here and we won't yeah. bother to check on them. And also, <laughs> um, I know they killed off both versions, but I really want to see um, the, the captain again. What was his name? I'm blanking. Lorca? Lorca, Yeah. Yeah, it would be nice. Well, Jason Isaac said on Twitter that he's not coming back. Really? So, well, who knows? Well, I, mean, I know right now, anything, right? you know, when he finished filming that, he had to go film the second uh, uh, series or season or whatever of the OA because he was the bad guy mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Well, he said his character was dead, 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 dead. And <laughs> he just said that he did. That's literally what he said. <laughs> dead, <on> dead, dead. <laughs> So uh, who knows? Oh. But another thing, the guy who plays the doctor, Colbert, mm-hmm. uh, people were asking him, "Is like, oh, you're not on the show?" And he's like, "Maybe." Hmm. <laughs> uh, so he seemed to imply that he would be coming back. Now that could be in flashbacks, or maybe he's else, going to live in the bathroom mirror. Maybe <laughs> it could be that kind of thing, or it could be time travel. Who knows? Who knows? But it's he science seemed to imply fiction. pretty heavily. Yep. Yeah, he was going to come back. So I, I, that wouldn't be sad because I liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. He was very good. And I was kind of sad that the security officer, and I'm blanking on her name, uh, who we met again in the Mirror Universe, mm-hmm. died because she was cool. She I was cool. She was cool. Yeah. So, um, oh. and, but I tell you, the character who, who I think had the best arc in this whole thing was Saru. He was wonderful, wasn't he? Well, and remember, he started out, he was, you know, just... Uh, you know, so, so like sort of stiff and formal and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he really grew into, I'm not talking about the actor. I'm talking about this character grew into his role as acting mm-hmm. captain and everything. Yep. And, you know, he, when he, he made the, the Kirk speech, the risk is our business mm-hmm. speech. Oh man. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. It very much was risk is our business. And he talked about the, you know, the no win scenario. Yes! We're not going to accept the no win scenario. I was like, yes, very good. And uh, I thought when he went to talk to uh, the Klingon Laurel, was telling mm-hmm. her what had happened with Tyler. He was very masterful in that situation. Oh, yes. Again, the, the character, like it was a total flip, right? He had been mm-hmm. kind of uncertain about what to do. And when he was talking to her, he just kind of laid things out there like mm-hmm. your decision. You got to figure out what to do. Yes. Here. It was, he was really very good. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad they did that early on because I was a little bit afraid that they were going to use him the way they used Data throughout all seven seasons of TNG where, you know, we're always watching him become the real boy, <laughs> right? Like every little step and you're like, oh, here we go again. And they could easily have done that with him, but he kind of had that arc in season one and now yes. he's there. Yes. Know? 
fully qualified uh, captain, really. Right. I yeah. mean, he was captain of the ship. Well, yeah. you know, and they had a shot. Um, I don't remember what was going on, but he was walking away. And I was going, I know he's a real actor, but do they sort of like CGI him? Because his arms looked way too long and he was so skinny. And then I saw a picture of the real actor who you would never recognize. And, you know... He looks like a person, but I mean, he is thin and everything. But it's amazing how his physicality is so different. Yeah, I I think they do a little bit of that, but they also have him in those weird hoof-like um, foot things. Yeah, you know, yeah. They're not shoes, but whatever they've got on his feet mm-hmm. to make him taller and even thinner. Did you know that he played the, the creature in The Shape of Water? Yes, yes. His name is Doug Jones, by the way. Okay. I know his name. Okay, he's, good. He's really good. I had he's, forgotten he's about him being the creature in Shape of Water, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, he was, yeah. He was wonderful. And I'm really glad that Burnham didn't suddenly get promoted to captain oh, either. Oh, yeah. You know, she got back into Starfleet. Her record was expunged or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And that was good. Yep, that's where it should have been. You mm-hmm. know, no, no rewards. Just uh, let's let's bring things back to status quo. Yeah. So unfortunately, from what I read, is there's probably not going to be new episodes for a while mm-hmm. because they're just writing it right now. Yeah. So it could be like the end of next year, 2019. Oh my, that far? That far? Oh, yeah. Oh, I wow. know it's going to be a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows? I mean, they might get it together to do it more quickly. Yeah. But, uh, we're just going to have to wait and see all the little leaks and casting announcements that come out of uh, Oh, and now we have to avoid all the fan speculation and spoilers. Like, I am working really hard right now on avoiding every article about uh, Game of Thrones that says, this fan theory <laughs> may just explain. I'm like, nope, 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 don't want to see it, you know, because I, I just want to experience that. I just want mm-hmm. not to have any preconceptions. Yeah, it was very difficult for this, the finale, mm. and I just basically stayed off Twitter for oh. the whole time mm-hmm. until I could actually sit down and watch the thing. Like, I just did not want to be spoiled. So yes. It was, yes, indeed. It All right. Okay. Well, I think that wraps it up for Discovery. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we needed to um, nitpick or complain about <laughs> that uh, we haven't said so far, but um, I, I think we're good on that. Um Here's the thing I want to complain about. Okay. I'm in a very complaining mood. All right, so you go for it. I posted this on our Facebook group. There's a company that <laughs> is making a turbo lift for your house. Yes. Now, <laughs> it's not a turbo lift. <laughs> no. It's, it's, a, um, it's an elevator. Uh-huh. Let's call it that. It's definitely an elevator that you can put into your house. And the way they're pushing it, it seems like it's kind of a substitute for those uh, chair lifts for right. older people yeah. or disabled people, which is a good thing. You know, like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But they're calling it a turbo lift. So item number one, it doesn't go sideways yes. or, or diagonally. And that's kind of the definition of a turbo lift. <laughs> and item number two... It's an agony boot. Yes, and it's if you get stuck between lift. floors, it's definitely an agony boot. <laughs> it is an ag- and like how could they did they not watch the episodes no. to see what different things look like because no. this is clearly an agony boot. It's so funny. Um so yeah, it's it's your own private elevator. Now, <laughs> this is whoever wrote this. This is on some weird uh website called the monitor daily and it seems to be um british maybe because it, it some of the spelling is english but the person who wrote this didn't do a very good job and i'm assuming that they were just kind of rephrasing the uh press release that got mm-hmm. sent out by the company so it's, it's um it's simple and it's rather affordable it's a, a lift that you will be able to put in a corner of your room or your hallway a hole in the ceiling and maybe moving your furniture is all you need <laughs> Oh, that's uh, oh just well. That's an afternoon. Feeling. That's you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries about that. Um, it has a battery backup. Good. Um, I'm glad that. And then it goes on. The inventor calls it a high-end chairlift. The amazing thing about it is that you can basically uninstall it whenever you get bored of it, or if you think it takes up too much space around your house. So you know, no worries. You just have it carted out and all the equipment taken out, and then you've got that nice hole in your ceiling, <laughs> aka floor. <laughs> No, no problem. No, no problem. Oh, boy. Um, 
And then it goes like, um, let's see, it has other very practical features that make it highly useful, not just useful, highly useful. Okay. It has a pressure sensitive bottom panel along with safety edges that stop it when anything in the way can interfere and break it or prevent it from functioning properly. Like, so it doesn't go down on your dog or something. <laughs> well, thank um, goodness. You, yeah, you can see that happening. Um, here's the very last line of this. I love it. All reviews praise it. Okay. Okay. And so far, the company has exported 200 lifts to European countries such as Australia, China, and and that's it. <laughs> it just stops right there. So European countries such as Australia, China, and okay. whatever he he ran out of words. And Wales, you tired typing. Oh, I love it. So that's it. That's it. So we'll never know, I guess, what what actual European countries aside from <laughs> Australia and China, those famous famous, famous European, European countries. countries. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's it's an agony boot. Okay, it just is. Okay, while we sort of got out of the topic of bad writing, I have to tell you about two things <laughs> I encountered this week. One was this uh, very badly stream of consciousness written technical document that I got to rewrite, but in the middle of it, in the middle of some paragraph describing a feature, the person has written, this is an excellent idea. I'm like, you don't put that in a tech doc. You know? Just a little editorializing. Yeah, you know, you know, pat hey, myself on the cool. back. Good work. The yeah. other one is, um, I saw this, um, oh, you know, like article from a, a beauty blog on how, you know, castor oil is supposed to be so good for your eyelashes and eyebrows, you know, if they're thinning to help them grow. And so, you know, it was like only nine bucks to get this serum and it comes with the little spoolie and everything. And then I'm reading the fine print, you know what it says right in the middle of it? Do not what? get it in your eyes. <laughs> sure. And it even tells you when you're using it, you know, put the, the put it right at the base of your eyelashes. And I'm like, oh are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> Don't put castor oil in your eyes, kids. Yeah. It's not a good idea. Not a good idea. Even though that would seem very likely to happen with this product. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, almost certainly it would happen with this product. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, I want to complain about one other okay, thing. Okay, you go um, for it. I, and that's the Starship Enterprise pizza. So, <laughs> okay, what have you got against Allison's Wonderland recipe for Starship Enterprise pizza? I think the recipe is excellent. Okay. Um, it's very cute. It's basically you make a pizza, a round one, and then you take some dough and you make some long, like, tube shapes for the nacelles. Mm -hmm. And then you can use pepperoni and, and make, you know, the lights on the top and the, the little center bridge thing. And then you can cut up your pepperoni to spell out NCC 1701. Which is my favorite really part of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's awesome. So all of that is fine. My problem is with the prominently featured serving suggestion that you take a slice of your pizza and then you dip it in pesto to eat it. Mm -hmm. This is not on. That's not what you do with pizza. Yeah. You don't dip pizza into green pesto you and know. eat it. I'm sorry. It's wrong. It's It violates the laws of God and man. You just, <laughs> no. You can't do it. And I'm very offended that she chose that as like the main image to go with this thing. Right. She's dipping this perfectly lovely pizza and ruining it by dipping it into pizza. Oh, what the heck, man? I don't know. You know, um, one of the pizza chains here, when when they deliver your pizza, they include a little thing of dipping sauce. It's not pesto. It's like creamy garlic or something. But I'm like, I really don't want to dip pizza. No, that's 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 not what pizza's about. Right. Pizza is not a, a dipping thing. That's kind of why you're eating pizza. I mean, it's fine <laughs> if you have some some breadsticks, right? You could right. Dip some nice breadsticks. Mm -hmm. That would be good. Or potato know, chips. You could dip. You know that you that, that goes together perfectly. Anyway, <laughs> so um, I will I will definitely put up the link because it's very it's cute and I like the idea and it's it's very simple if you've ever made pizza using like those bobbly pizza crusts it's just like doing that right right so yeah that would be fun to do at a party um make, well maybe at our bunch, next in fact and I was gonna say maybe at our next room party we will uh, oh, serve Star Trek Enterprise pizza. <laughs> Yeah, 
because you, you could make like three of them and, and you could have different designations for the different starships. Oh. And that would be cool. Well, well and you know, you could get really ambitious and they wouldn't all have to be that same constitution class design. Mm-hmm. That is correct. That's a really good point. <laughs> You okay. could make Mirror Universe Enterprise pizza. <laughs> Put a little empire symbol, a little dagger. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. That would be very good. <laughs> um, all right. Well, hey, let's take a little breaky break. Oh, wait. And, while we're complaining uh, and got... pointing out glitches, I have one oh. more. Um, earlier, oh, please, please. this week, last weekend, whatever, turn on the TV, Galaxy Quest was just starting. So, you know, that's that's two hours where I'm not getting anything done because, you know, because I'm going, OK, I'm only going to watch until I'm only going to well, watch, oh, the, sure. watch uh-huh. the whole thing. Oh, right. sure. Um, <laughs> at one point, and it's fairly far in the movie when there's a lot of excitement going on, one of the the uh, the characters, the Galaxy Quest actor people call mm-hmm. uh, Tim Allen's character Captain He's commander. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I ever noticed that. No, that was the first time I ever noticed it. Is it like, is it supposed to be a joke? Are they saying it like it's no, a, um, a, a No, no. I think okay. somebody just made an error and uh, they left it in. All right. I'm going to have to watch for that the next time yes. I see it, which probably won't be too far away. I love I, that as movie. You, I will watch it whenever it is on oh, TV yeah. because it, it is just the best. And then right after it, another two hours, I got nothing done. Fight Club came on. <laughs> and that's a movie. I love Fight Club. So. It's bad when good things come on TV because then you have to watch them. This happens to me often when Star <laughs> Trek is on, especially when it's a good episode. And I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm just flipping around. Maybe I'll, you know, I got some stuff to do. And then, oh, it's a good one. Okay, yeah. I'm now going to It's not the, the space hippies. <laughs> no. It's good. Oh, I got to watch this. And then as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is so good. I love Star Trek. Star <laughs> Trek is a good show. It is true. Okay, now we'll take our break. Okay. Um, We've got some movie reviews and then a few other things to talk about as well. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we want to hear from you. Facebook, email, Twitter, whatever you got, send it our way. Look at his butt at gmail.com and show notes at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Well, we we both went to the movies today, so we're going to talk about some movies that we saw. Yes. They were good. Yes. Uh, I will I will quickly give um, just a small review of Black Panther. Uh, so as I think I've mentioned before, I'm, I'm big into the Marvel movies mm-hmm. and I have really enjoyed them. Thor Ragnarok I thought was brilliant. And this was a very different kind of movie, but it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And it was long, but it didn't feel like it was overly long. They had an awful lot of story to tell. Um, I'd read somewhere that the director... His first cut was like four hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> and and honestly, I would have sat through four hours of this because there was a lot in it that I was kind of like, oh, could we see more of that, please? Wow. People are going nuts and for it, it. And I think that's great. Yeah. It's wonderful. You know, there's basically two white guys in it, um, one of them being Andy Serkis and the other being Martin Freeman. Mm-hmm. As the joke was told many, many times on Twitter, um, those were the two Tolkien white guys. Yes, yes, yes I saw that Tolkien, joke. I liked yeah. it. <laughs> um, and and they were they were good, and Martin Freeman wasn't as annoying as he usually is to me because I, I, he gets on my nerves pretty quick. Mm, and okay. uh, the rest of the game, well, he's just – He's always very much the same. You know, he has those mm-hmm. mannerisms that he does in every role that he's in. And he, he managed to, to rein it in for this, which was Oh, good. very good. Very good. Yeah. 
and and the rest of the cast was just wonderful. Um, Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan and all the other cast. It was great. It was so refreshing to see a movie that wasn't focused on white people. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And had a lot to say about uh, colonialism and the responsibility of people with things to help people who don't have things. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just great. And it was funny and the special effects were good. And it's all, you know, building towards the, the next things that are coming out from Marvel, the Infinity War movies, the big ones. Oh, okay. So if, if, you, if you like Marvel movies and if, if you like superhero movies, I would say go see it. It's really good really really good okay. and do stay for the the credits because there's two post-credit sequences that you oh two of them okay all right two yes. um <laughs> you brought up thor ragnarok and i wanted to you probably already heard this but i'm gonna bring it up anyway they have released the blu-ray have you heard this oh um, no i didn't see that okay the extras are a bunch of scenes i don't know how many i saw just like a minute of one that they made especially for this. They're not outtakes. They're they're mm-hmm. just Jeff Goldblum in his character as whatever that character's name was and what uh, happens the to him. Yeah. The Grandmaster, whatever. And in one of them, the one I saw, he is now roommates with the guy who was <laughs> Thor's roommate. Yes, I did see that one. It was posted on YouTube, and it's wonderful. Oh, oh well, my God. I want to see them so all, but good. I don't want to go see go buy a Blu-ray, you know. So anyway, um, maybe they'll all end probably, up on YouTube, which would be great. I'm sure they will. But yeah, I I did see that one. Um, it was it was just brilliant. That guy, what his name is Stuart, isn't it? I think he's yes. He's just so funny. He's so low key and so oblivious mm-hmm. as to what's going on and I, I just love Jeff Goldblum he's great. well I love when he's got the big pile of toast and he's like what do you call yes. this toast toast yeah. <laughs> oh so good so uh, yes. tell us about the movie you saw today I went and saw Annihilation which is also mm-hmm. a science fiction movie and um I I knew almost nothing about it I had seen um, the coming attractions, the trailer, but that didn't really tell you much, which was good, you know, to not know anything. But I'd heard mm-hmm. it was good, and I thought, okay, I'll go. It's raining, so off I went to the movies. And um, again, I don't want to do spoilers, but this is one of the weirdest movies I have ever <laughs> seen. It's and it's it's beautiful, and one of the re- reviews, and I'm not giving anything away that hasn't you haven't already seen or or it's not really part of the plot but you know if you've seen the trailer you know there's this like shimmer around a certain part and they have to go in mm-hmm. to find out what's there you know what's happening nobody comes back and um one of the reviews that I read a little of said and it's there are things there that are both beautiful and dangerous and mm-hmm. it's true, you know, it, and there's a, a scene as things are finally starting to come together where um, she's, uh, she's on a beach and the, it's, it's just so gorgeous, the things that, that have sprung up from the beach. But it's also a kind of a horror movie and kind of mm-hmm. a alien invasion, although we never see any aliens and we don't even see them invading. We just see this shimmer. And I found out that it is uh, based on a series of books. There are three of them. Mm. And this is the first book, but apparently this differs quite a bit from the book. And through a lot mm. of it, I was just going, what the fuck is going on? You know, but um, it held my attention. Mm-hmm. So, you know, cool. I... I would give it. I would give it a thumbs up. And when the lights went up, I was just sitting there, kind of like stunned. <laughs> and I, I don't know what the guy next to me was feeling, but um, you know, the, the 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 thing was scrolling and everything. And finally, he got up to go, and he said to me, "That was a great movie, wasn't it?" And I thought, "Well, it was a strange movie, you know." But um, yeah. it's not like strange. Like I can't follow this. But a lot of it, I was going, "What? What is this?" You know, with the yeah. <laughs> so that was a really incoherent <laughs> review. But it's not okay, like anything well, that, I've good. seen. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, I, I remember seeing the trailers for it um, previously mm-hmm. when we'd gone to the movies to see some other things. And it was really hard to figure out what kind of movie it was because it looked yes. like a lot of stuff was happening. It's like 
is this uh, the standard, you know, post-apocalyptic dystopia? Is it an alien movie? Is it a scary movie? Like, I couldn't really figure out. They were being deliberately vague and right. Uh, well, it's not, not post. But, yeah. It's not post-apocalyptic. I mean, it takes place for mm-hmm. what you see of technology and everything right now in the present. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. no okay. you know secret government things none of us have ever heard of. You know, it's like cell phones. Um, but it is, like I said, it's kind of an alien invasion, but you don't know where, it might be something else entirely, you know, hmm. because you never okay. see any aliens. You just see the effect of what has happened in this area. Okay. And uh, and like and I said, it is kind of a horror movie. Yeah. And who's in it? Um, Natalie Portman is in it. And, oh, um, okay. and, you know, it's really weird. Do you remember me bitching about when she was in the movie playing Jackie Kennedy? Mm-hmm. And she was talking in this very affected way that apparently was um, how Jackie Kennedy talked. But yes, there's still there's still traces of that. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, I'm well, going, is it that I just never noticed it like in Black Swan or anything? And the no. other actress who's in it, who if I had known about this, I might not have gone because I, I really do not like her at all, is uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. And so I was hoping she would get mm-hmm. killed really quick, and she didn't. But um, <laughs> then there was – the other thing is it's five women who go in. Oh, cool. Oh, right. That's right. I remember seeing that, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that's a cool thing. Yeah, that's Right, good. right. Yeah. And, you know, and they're, they're all um, experts in their, their fields of, you know, biology and this and that. And, you know, so it's not just, you know, get some girls off the street or anything. There's no glamour to it at all. Um, but there was another actress in it who I've seen before, and I've got her, got to look her up to see what I saw her in. And I liked her a lot. Her first name is something like Torva or Tova. So I've got to, mm. got to look it up because I can't figure out what I saw her from. Okay. But um, cool. it's got a cool ending. Good. And, and uh, you know, it works perfectly well as a standalone movie. But if they decide to film the other two books and they do have the rights, you know, there's plenty left wide open there. Mm, interesting. So, okay. Very it's good. a hard movie to talk about without giving things away. Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for uh, letting us know about that. It's it's wonderful when there's good movies that you can go see. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will take just a minute to talk about a bad movie. Okay. And that's, um, they're making a movie out of this book called Ready Player One. Oh, yeah, I've heard about it, but I know nothing. Well, I haven't read it, but I've heard so many people talk about how bad a book it is. And all of the um, sort of deconstructions of it have just talked about how incredibly, uh, what's the word? I mean, it's, it's basically lists of things from the 80s and video games. <laughs> and, oh, no. Uh, yeah, and it just sounds awful. And I only mention it because they showed the trailer before we saw the Black Panther movie today. And I was like, no, I can't believe it. But um, Mike Nelson from Mystery Science Theater and Riff Tracks um, mm-hmm. has a podcast that he's done with one of the other Riff Tracks writers called 372 Pages We'll Never Get Back. And they <laughs> spent 12 episodes talking about Ready Player One and how awful it was. And now they're doing the same thing with the, it's not a sequel to it, but the next book uh-huh. written by the same author, Ernest Klein, which oh is my called God. Uh, Artemis, I think. And it's so funny. Oh, my God. So I only mentioned this because I don't think you should read the book. I don't think <laughs> you should go see the movie. But if you like podcasts about bad books, you should listen to this <laughs> podcast because it's very, very, very entertaining. You know, these are these are professional comedians who are are good and Mm -hmm. are quick to point out all the bad writing that's in there and I have been enjoying it immensely so 372 pages we'll never get back that's what it's called well I'm going to briefly talk about a good bad movie I saw (laughs) okay it's called Radius it was on Netflix Mm -hmm. or Amazon Prime or something and Basically, here's the premise. This guy wakes up. He's been in a car accident. He's in the car still, you know, It's mm-hmm. and he's bleeding and everything. And he, you know, gets out. What happened? He can't remember what happened to him. And he tries to flag down a car. And as the car goes by, it veers off the road and he goes running after it. And the woman who was driving that car is dead. And her mm-hmm. eyeballs have turned white. 
and Ew. he he concludes pretty quickly got to give him you know credit for the smarts that something has happened to him that if he gets within 50 feet of anybody they drop dead Ooh! so wow. you know you're going what happened you know what has happened and mm-hmm. he you know he meets a, a woman who doesn't drop dead and and she doesn't remember what happened to her either well it turns out they were in this mm-hmm. accident together blah 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 i'm not going to give you the whole plot <laughs> but when they get to the point where you finally find out what happened that caused this it's basically a special effect with no explanation <laughs> So it's like, and he lost his memory and gained this power because science fiction. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. it. So in that way, the movie is about their their relationship and what they learn about each other. And it's got a pretty nifty twist. But still, I was like, really? You know? I mean. Oh, so disappointing when that happens. Yeah. Science fiction. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, there was a sudden outbreak of science fiction, and it changed their lives. Have a special effect. That will answer all your questions. (laughs) Or at least distract you from them for a moment. That's Yes, that's more like it. Much, much more accurate. Yeah, so I can't really give that a thumbs up. There's nobody in it you've ever heard of. I just thought it was an interesting premise when I read the description. So it's called Radius. Radius, okay. Um, let's talk about William Shatner. Let's talk about Bill. Bill, Uh, our good friend, Bill. Um, I want to talk about something I'm so excited about. I I know what I want to talk about first. Okay, go. Do it. Bill has signed with a country music company. Yes. And you know how Bill is. He likes to drop hints, but he's not going to tell you anything. And he's going to do something with some big country star. He won't tell you who it is. I'm hoping Brad Paisley, you know, because they're buddies. Mm -hmm. But I'm going, if Bill did a recording of some classic country, some, you know, Hank Williams and Patsy Cline. And and then I thought, Mm -hmm. oh my God, if Bill records, my heroes have always been cowboys. I don't think I will ever have another song on my iPod. Because <laughs> I love that song so much. So I'm be, very excited. It would be amazing if he did that. Um, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's going to be his country Christmas album. Finally, <laughs> after all this time. Well, maybe so. But he did not say that he's writing the songs. No, he you know, he said I, I something have... about these country music people, they write the most amazing songs. So mm-hmm. he I'm says, just... um, I'm looking at the quote here, uh, mm-hmm. a press release Thursday, February 15th, saying he is, quote, currently working on a very special, <clears throat> very special project that will be released later this year. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. So that could mean anything. Oh, but... boy. I think it's good. I'm I'm really glad that he's moving into a different type of music. You know, he another sure media he conquered. Another media conquered. It's awesome. So that's wonderful. Yes, I wanted to be sure we got that in because oh, can't wait. I I hope <laughs> I I just hope it's wonderful. So um, Bill has another thing that's going on right at the moment, and mm-hmm. it's. It's good and it's bad. So the good part is that um, he is, he's not auctioning. He's offering you the opportunity to be his VIP uh, for a Star Trek convention. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's the Las Vegas one, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah, because, yeah. Yeah. So you're supporting his charity. You get to go as his VIP guest. So it says you and a friend will score William Shatner's personal guest passes to the official Star Trek convention, have a heart to heart with William. So weird. Over lunch, take photos and hear stories from his years as captain, sit VIP at each of William's panels and even get introduced to the audience as his guest at one and get beamed up to Las Vegas and put up in a four star hotel. Wow. So, um, 
it's pretty good. I mean, I'm kind of amazed that he's committing to spending so much time with two insane fans who are going to win this because you know that the well, people who win are going to be insane people. Because well, if it was us, we'd be insane. <laughs> but, but you know what's intriguing to me is it saying you sit on one of the panels. Do you get to have a microphone and express your opinion? Because, I, I mean, nobody's got more opinions than us. <laughs> It doesn't say. Um, so <laughs> the thing is, um, in order to do it, it, you have to enter a contest. And the way you enter the contest is you have to donate money. So if you donate $10 to his charity for the, the horse mm-hmm. show thing, you get 100 entries. If you donate $25, you get 250 entries. Mm. Then when you go up to the $50 level, you get 1,000 entries and so on and so forth. And the most it has is um, $5,000. You'll get 50,000 entries to do this. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of entries. It doesn't say how they're drawing it, but I guess it's just, you know, a random number generator or something like that. Maybe so. And I think it's a really good idea to do it. Like I said, I'm just a little amazed that he's committed to spending so much time with people who win this. Yeah. um, Especially at a convention when he's so busy anyway. Mm -hmm. But there you go. Um, The thing that I love most about it is the picture that they are using to advertise this. (laughs) Yes. I will put this up in the show notes. It is the goofiest picture of him I have seen (laughs) in a long time. He's holding a hand-lettered sign that he did not write that says... um, be my Star Trek VIP question mark and he's doing a it's thumbs like, up. It's like be my the, Valentine. <laughs> it is, but the look on his face is like he looks like a grandpa in in like a publisher's clearinghouse thing, you know? <laughs> Doesn't he? He's just got the goofiest grin yes, on his face. Yes, he really he's does. Like trying really, really hard to look happy. Oh my God, it's so funny. It's just like so weird. And then there's another one. Under it on the page uh, mm. at Omaze, which is where you, you enter, that mm-hmm. says Star Trek Convention, our final frontier is holding another sign. And he's pointing. He's doing the pointing. <laughs> he's pointing. <of> you. <laughs> pointing. You, you will be my guest. You will be my guest. I'm talking to you. Yes. So it's really cool and all. Um, and I'd love to do it, but I don't, I don't have a lot of money to buy all these entries. I guess... I don't know. I guess if you donated 10 bucks, you get 100 entries and your chance is pretty much as good as anybody else. I don't know. Well, I, yeah, I you know. know, that's kind of like when you buy a lottery ticket. You figure, yeah, I've got the yeah. same chance as everybody else. Well, no, I think the person who bought 1,000 lottery tickets probably has a better chance than you. But, you know, yeah, it whatever. Yeah, it kind of makes sense there. People should go and enter the contest. I mean, at least, you know, the money's going for a good cause. Absolutely. So that's, that's the good part. Yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. I was just going to say my list of the various organizations that I now am a member of and is supporting, you know, charities and political organizations and stuff is getting longer. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I still have to pay my mortgage and things like that. <laughs> I know it, it just adds up because it's like, well, now I have to give more money to Planned Parenthood and mm-hmm. now I have to give money to anti this and support that. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I do Patreons for the, the ones that I like the most because mm-hmm. I think, you know, people should do it so yeah it's all a little much anyway anyway well good for you bill and i hope that whoever wins this it would be great if it was you know one of our listeners but whoever wins it we remember how they used to do in the star magazines my weekend with elvis you know those sort of things (laughs) yeah wouldn't that be great it would be amazing if they did that Mm -hmm. that would be the best thing i would love it yes in breathless prose. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm pretty sure you have to sign a contract that you're not doing this. <laughs> I'm sure. But it wouldn't it be great? Just I turned a corner and there he was, William Shatner. He smiled at me with the grin that has felled, you know, thousands of women across the globe. And <laughs> I think the closest you're going to get to that is um, the articles in the book written by, what's her name, Jacqueline, whatever, who wrote Star Trek Lives. Her, yes. Hers gets pretty breathless. It does get pretty breathless, as does Joan Winston, I have to say. Yes, yes, that's uh, true. But, you know, who can blame them? Um, okay, so moving on. Um, Bill, so Bill's doing a bunch of appearances, and this I thought was very interesting. Now, we know that he's going to be at um, the 
series tour in Ticonderoga, way the hell yes. out there in the middle of nowhere. So good mm-hmm. for him. And he's doing a bunch of other conventions. Obviously, he's doing the Las Vegas convention. He's doing one in Germany. But he's doing a series of appearances around the country doing the Wrath of Khan screening and, and questions and answers afterwards, just like when you went to see him. Yes. So um, this is a new thing, right? He, I think he did one of these last year. And is it some anniversary of Wrath I don't know. But year? now he's doing like a, a series of them because I keep seeing stuff. You know, Bill was in Tucson at Wrath of Khan. And, yeah. you know, Bill was in, you know, East Bumfuck at Wrath of Khan. So, yeah. So that's a thing that he's doing this year. So mm-hmm. and, and it's all over the place. So it's like the two listed on his appearances page are Milwaukee, Wisconsin and Baltimore, Maryland. But I know that there are many more. There's one happening in Los Angeles. And I think there's some uh, in the middle of the country as well. Maybe not Texas, but uh, maybe Kansas. So he's he's doing it. He's touring with Wrath of Khan. That's his new thing. <laughs> and I, I mean, I just I wonder whether he's got like a. A thing that he does with it where he gets up and and tells some stories like prepared stuff or whether he just gets up there and takes questions from people as he does now at conventions who knows we need a report somebody somebody we do yeah so if someone's going please let us know because we'd really like to know unless if he does do it anywhere in my area i will totally go see it and uh, i'm assuming you would do the same oh yeah you know because i went all the way out to i think it was aurora which is the end of one of those metro train lines it was over an hour on the train um to -hmm. get out to that and but you know that's the one i had a picture taken with him and then when he was Mm -hmm. leaving i just you know walked right next to him and (laughs) started chattering at him and uh, yeah but i would go again you were bold you were very very i'm very bold he likes that risk likes you so much risk is my business (laughs) yes absolutely Okay, um, we got one more thing on the list, which is this very interesting article um, at trekmovie.com that says, Revealed, Michael Piller pitched Star Trek TNG sequel to the TOS episode, A Piece of the Action. And I did not know this before I read this article. I didn't either. I thought maybe you and I had talked about it, but we must have been on some other topic. But basically it's mm-hmm. saying this was in season four of TNG. And mm-hmm. um, Piller wrote a memo to Berman. And at the beginning of it, he said, you're, you're going to shoot this right down. But he said, you know, we've we've established TNG as its own thing. Now, I don't think we need to stay away from any reference to re- original series anymore. And he wanted them to revisit Iosha, the planet where mm-hmm. Bones left, what was it, his tricorder or something? I think it was his communicator. Okay. And so, of course, now the Iosians have space travel and everything else. But I think this is a great idea. They haven't really turned into uh, good Federation citizens like Kirk and Spock. They've combined that with their Chicago gangster thing. That and would have been brilliant. I know. I, I don't know what do that. that means. <laughs> could have been anything. But could have been it could anything have, at it all. Could, it could have been anything at all. But um, I just thought that was such a fun idea. It was. And interesting to see that they were, you know, coming around to the idea that they didn't have to be so hands off with TOS that they could Mm -hmm. actually touch it and it wouldn't contaminate them. And then eventually, of course, they ended up doing um, Trials and Tribulations on DS9, which was the the best tie back to it. Um, It it said here that, um, let me see, hold on. Part of uh, the plot for this thing that he had been thinking of was that uh, they would have had Spock come back to deal with the yes. ocean. Yes. So that's very interesting. And obviously they did have him come back later for the Romulan episode. Unification. But it would have been, I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad that they waited to use Spock in the Romulan reunification episode because yes. that was important and it was a deep and meaningful thing. And he was able to be you know, a character who had grown and changed a lot with mm-hmm. a purpose. And if they had done it for something like the Ioceans, it would have felt a little lightweight and a little silly, in my opinion. Well, and it's also in the um, Abrams Trek movies, Spock kind of turned into the deus ex machina. He did. He totally did. And this would be the same mm-hmm. thing. I agree. Rather than being sort of the... Uh, what do you call it? The antagonist, like in the dramatic sense of the word, in the reunification, mm-hmm. he's the one who gets things started. He's what's making everything yes. move. He's not the Deus Ex Machina. He's, you know, yes. he's much more part of it. So 
very interesting idea, and I'm kind of glad they didn't do it the way that they said they were going to do it. Well, um, you know, without the Spock part, the whole idea of them, what was like when, you know, Kirk and Spock had to act like Chicago gangsters, but this would be Chicago gangsters trying to act like Kirk and Spock. (laughs) That would be very weird. Very, very weird. Yeah, I think that'd be very funny. Um, But also, the opening was supposed to be that they get a signal from the planet that says this is James T. Kirk of the USS Enterprise. I know. So it's like they've taken over his name. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Well, I I know I've told you this before, but I'm going to tell it again anyway. Um, In one of the um, Strange New Worlds anthologies, you know, where fans Mm -hmm. wrote stories, somebody wrote one where a couple of Iotians show up on Earth because nobody ever showed up to take their piece of the action. And they are bringing all of this whatever to, you know, to pay their debt. Wow. It was funny. That's good. That would be a very good story in the the hands of Mm -hmm. a good writer. Hmm, Very interesting. Cool. Oh, well, goodness gracious. I think we should wrap this up before our technology fucks with us any more than it already has. Yes, yes. So, And now we know Jack is not exactly a techno dog. This is true. Um, so listeners, let us know what you thought about Discovery and how it wrapped up and, and what there might be in season two, because we'd love to know about it. And please, if you go to see Bill at any of those Wrath of Khan screenings, please let us know, because yes. we'd love to, to hear what happens. And of course, if he ends up adding more dates that are near either of us, we will be attending. And um, Yes. We will be. And please win the contest. Yes. Um, and, of course, we will be seeing each other in person pretty soon because Silicon Valley Comic Con is coming up. I know. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Very exciting. Yeah. So um, that's all from us, the people who do the Star Trek podcast. And we thank you, as always, for listening. We love you all so very, very much. And we love hearing from you. And, uh, yeah, just uh, keep on living long and potlucking. Yeah, live long and potluck. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>